Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice for Fulham FC. My name is George Cooper and welcome to the show. Fulham are in the fourth round draw of the FA Cup after creeping over the line against the Millers after a fantastic rocket from Bobby Decker with Dover Reed. The moment of quality that was much needed in what was quite frankly a bit of a turgid affair. However, with our semi-final against Liverpool looming next week, Liverpool have got to play Arsenal tomorrow seeming to me like this was exactly what we needed but anyway boring game aside here to perk you up today we've got Dan Cook how you doing mate I'm doing all right Coops I'm doing all right I'm feeling a little bit worse for wear but um ultimately fine was it a uh was it a, a fourth round celebration night out for you yesterday were you in um La Fez post game no, we, we just just went to the Duke uh, with a couple of the the other Fulhamish lot you know Friday nights are great if you if you win and especially when the game doesn't really matter it was mm. just a good evening I like I like a Friday night game because yeah. I feel like especially if you win it just gets out of the way and you've got the whole of the weekend just to to, to bask in that kind of uh, feeling anyway Don Betts how you doing have you recovered from the darts on Wednesday no, nah, I don't think so mate I think it's just all all, all, all looping into one no it was yeah a post game is my bog standard Go to the railway in Putney until closing time and cross the road and get the 93 home. Job done. Yeah. Is the railway your new standard now? Because that, that, that opened up just as I left uh, Putney. So I haven't had a chance to go there. It looks very nice. It's always very busy. Obviously, it was Weatherspoons like years ago and then it became a revolution. And then I think, was it, was, was it some some point last year that it then turned back into a pub? It's really good in there now. Shows the football, still got the two floors. Yeah, I think it's my, my new designated boozer for a... Uh, Home games, considering my normal one of the Cedar Tree and Normby disappeared in COVID, I sort of didn't know where to go. But yeah, uh, the railway, top gaff. There you go. Now all the listeners know which pub to avoid uh, pre <laughs> and post match. Uh, Elizabeth Barnard, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good. I wasn't at the game and 2024 is my granny year. I was in bed with a book at 10pm. So yeah. Is that your New Year's resolution? Be um, more... Be more granny. Geriatric. Um, not quite. Uh, just a long week at work. So Fair enough, fair enough. I believe you've also got some three-word reviews for I us, if you do. wouldn't mind uh, kicking us off. I do. So I'll start off with our very own Cam Ramsey, who had Rotherham didn't bother him, which I thought nice. summed up perfectly. Um, Alistair Nimmo, with a creative use of the apostrophe, um, to make it three words, run of to Millers. Then... I've got FFC in Sheldon, South Devon, um, with, I think, sums up the game. Zzz, zzz, zzz. <laughs> Us all falling asleep as we were watching it. And then finally, um, Luke with, I think, a really realistic goal for this season. Cup double pending. <laughs> nice, nice. I mean, take- I, I have another one. Go on. Um, that came from someone called Meryl Funk, um, who gave us Treble is on. <laughs> technically he's not wrong you know 
He's uh, he's onto something that um, Merrill Funk. Dom going into the match, much changed lineup, I suppose, to be expected. You know, we had Rodak starting, uh, Kasanya in, Diop, Reed, Sasalukic, and Harry Wilson. Um, we expected a bit of rotation. Obviously, we've got one eye on that FA Cup semi final against Liverpool. Any surprises there for you, really? Or is it kind of what we expected I, to see? I, I think the surprise was I was actually expecting to see maybe more of the the youngsters who've, who've, who've played well in the youth teams a bit more involved. You know, Tyrese Francois, I feel like, has been a promising youngster for about the last 10 years. I feel like he's, just, he's always happened to be there. But like, I'm, I'm talking about the likes of, I'm not saying he should start, but just even in the, in, in the squad, the likes of uh, Dibley Diaz, the likes of uh, Josh King. But we didn't see him. But I think the main thing which I wanted to see was whatever the centre-back partnership that's playing against Liverpool I wanted to see last night. Because I mm. think that's important. Because Bassi and Tossin have sort of been ever present since Tossin came back from his injury, and we have been a lot better since those two have come in. So it was interesting. It, I assumed it was going to be Diop that that came in alongside him, but it was good to see them get um, a game in together just before that Liverpool game. Just so it's not their first game, sort of together. Um, I wanted to, uh, no part of that. I wanted to see sort of eleven changes, um, and you know I, I wouldn't. I'm, like I thought about the food rolls, but I thought no, actually we need to be playing the centre back partnership that we're gonna we're gonna see against Liverpool. You know, good to see Harrison Reed um, getting some minutes because obviously with Kenny sort of coming into the team, he's not really had too much. And then you know with and I was, the thing that surprised me most actually was the players we ended up bringing on. But I guess it's just to get a bit of a bit of a, a bit a bit of something into their legs ahead of a, a big game on Wednesday. Really, I think it kind of helps that our games on the Friday, so you're not it's not like it's not like we've only got two days preparation. We have still got you know. What four days really? So it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not absolutely horrific. You know, some teams have had that between Premier League games when they played on a Monday than a Friday. So, but yeah, no, I was, there was, I, I had no real complaints with the team. Um, and you know, we, I said we got the job done. But I said it's, yeah, it was just, it was just, yeah, just nice to, just comfortable win really. I did think that the substitutions were like bringing the. Uh the year 13s on like the big boys came on towards yeah. the end of the game just to be like, hold up brother. But I know you've sort of battled to stay in this game, but there's absolutely nothing for you here. Like we'll just bring yeah. on Tom Kearney. He'll have the ball for half an hour and we'll all go home. Yeah. It was like, we'll bring on Willie Ann who probably didn't even want to come on himself anyway. Look, no. he was coming on like, oh, yeah, I'll just have the ball for a bit, make a couple of runs, a couple of sides, a couple of times. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I said, yeah, it, it, I think yesterday was yesterday. Me and my mates were talking about it. In regard to progressing in the cup, yesterday's sort of your perfect third round cup tie in that respect. Not as a fan, obviously you want to you want to be going away to Eastleigh, Chesterfield, or Maidstone. But um, from a from a from a progressing in the cup perspective, it's your perfect. You know, a struggling team in the championship, and I think it helps that if let's like like the olden game a couple of years ago, for example, it's kind of a, a big day out for them kind of thing. Whereas for Rotherham, we played them what like three times in the last sort of 10 years or so. So it's it's sort of not as big for them as it as it could have been. You know, if we were playing a team in struggling in League One or League Two, they could have probably brought a couple of thousand fans as opposed to 700. But you got to give those 700 fans credit, I think, considering they've what, not won in 14 months. Uh, was it 25, 26 games without uh, yeah. an away win? But yeah, job done yesterday. And I think that's what the team, you could t- you could judge that from the team lineup. 
Yeah, on a Friday night as well, which obviously I think kind of took the sting out of the tower. I think if it had been a Saturday, you would have seen that attendance, you know, at least doubled, to be honest. But yeah, let's be honest here. It's not Peter around the bush. It was a bit of a stinker of the game, right? They failed to register a shot on target, which bodes well for the the partnership of uh, Diop and Tossin. I think they they did their job. Um, but as kind of Dom alluded to, Dan, this this game felt like exactly what we wanted. You know, we crept over the line. We never really had to sort of break a sweat. We controlled large portions of the, of the game. We didn't have to, you know, bust a nut or anything. Oh, God. That's oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bust a gut is what I meant to say. <laughs> um, oh, that's one for the blue peril. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have to bust the gut. Um, Dan, do you feel like, the, I mean, it was, per- it was perfect. I'm starting to think there was another Marco Silva masterstroke. We'll look back and we're like, yeah, it was a bit, bit rubbish a match, but we're in the fourth round. It was, it was a, it was a weaker team, but it was a, still a strong team. You know, we paid Rotherham due respect, and we're in the draw, and we're we're looking in another win as well, which will add to the confidence. I think we, we I think, I think we might have played a blinder, even though it was such a bad game. Yeah, I think I think you're not wrong. Uh, it, it's when you're in that moment when we were watching it, you sort of it was it was drab. I don't think I've ever yawned so much at a game of football. Like I was sat in the Riverside stand for the first time, just sort of taking it easy with my dad. We, we enjoyed the game, but it was dull. But you're right because we kept it flat as well. Like there was no edge, no bite in the game, which I think is perfect because you obviously you're reducing the risk of injuries there as well. Um, so because the last thing we want is you get a bit of nibble in the game a couple of heavy ta- challenges go in and, and then suddenly we're missing a player for a, a few weeks and, and we just didn't let that happen we kept the ball well yes it was a bit tepid and I, I'm not sure I think I was speaking to a couple of people I'm not sure if the mentality was right maybe from a couple of players it felt like we went into that game a little bit complacent but ultimately we were professional enough to get over the line. And I don't imagine it was too taxing. Like I can't mm. picture many players who started that game feeling particularly tired this morning, which is, as you say, a good result. Yeah. No injuries as well. I mean, it's, it, it went about as well as it could have done. I think Elizabeth, it was, as we've gone over just a bit of a dull game. Uh, it took a moment of, uh, a mistake really from, from the Rotherham centre-back Sebastian Reven giving us an opportunity trying to be prime Gerard PK playing from the back getting pressed by Harry, Harry Wilson um, but Bobby just absolutely smashed it in and the, the question that I want to ask you is is Bobby Deckard dover Reed, not Raul currently our informed goal scorer right he's got four in the league one in the cup last night Raul's got five all of them coming from the league but I mean I would argue that Bobby's our best finisher at the minute I, I don't think I'd go that far. Obviously, he's a very useful player and his strike last night was really cool. Like, that was, and what a goal it was. I don't, I wouldn't really be starting cool. him in, ahead of Raul, um, or I don't think he's our number one finisher. Um, but yeah, a very useful player and a really tidy strike. Mm. I, would, I wouldn't say that we, I, we should be starting him at centre forward by any stretch, but I think that if you have a chance and it's going to fall to any one of our players, I would argue I'd want it to fall to Bobby at the minute rather than Raul. I think that Bobby is finding the net and he's he's a great finisher. I'm not- if you take from when he joined, he has been probably our second most clinical player in that period. You obviously Mitrovic being the first, but Bobby has consistently proved that whilst maybe some games you're you're not entirely sure whether he 
adds enough going forward. We all know how much he adds just in general play in terms of his work rate and his movement, but is actually his ability in front of goal is is great and he's, he seems to just be very composed very calm in front of goal um and he, i think he's i think he's got you know sort of that cult hero stage so he's struggled to find anyone who doesn't like bobby i think he's just been such a great he was a great addition to the squad when we went down um and ca- came back up with parker that season i thought he was a great addition and ever since then he has survived all of the squad rotation that's gone on the churn you know players have come players have gone and he is one of the few players who has stuck that out and mm. it's that it proves it's proven to be such a great signing for a great value yeah I love him he's definitely our coolest player by a country mile and yeah. I've been trying to work out who I'm I'm gonna buy a shirt this year and I'm gonna get a name on the back and um, I was gonna get a Dharma Triore just because it, it, that would be funny but I'm thinking I'm, I'm leaning towards Bobby Deckard over Reed at the minute um, Dom so as I said we needed that moment of quality from Bobby to break the deadlock we really were pretty poor in the final third I thought the link up play just wasn't working we were very wasteful in possession bad touches uh, wayward passes was it just Mooners? I think it's just when you got, we've seen in the games where Jimenez was suspended, how toothless we were sort of in the, in the final third. I think it's got to do with it. I think also, you know, like the fact that they weren't really concerned of Rotherham really threatening us at all, didn't meant they were sort of quite complacent in that respect. But I said, once you get that first goal in a game like this, you kind of do, well, the, the foot was never on the gas in the first place, but you know, they, they're not really, you're not, Pushing, 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 just to make sure you get that goal. Um, yeah, I think it's got to do with the likes of Vinicius and Muniz. You know, we, we talk about the resurgence of Raúl Jiménez. I've said on previous podcasts, it doesn't mean we need we shouldn't be looking for a striker because you need you you can't just rely on one player who's going to score you goals. You need, you do need another option for us to move forward. You know, maybe it's something someone who offers something a bit different to what Raúl Jiménez does in a more of a sort of plan B type striker. I don't know because uh, I expect at least Vinicius definitely to be off in this January transfer window. I don't think Marcus Silva really rates him at all. Um, but yeah, I think that's got a part to play for it. And I think, you know, the Friday night, half seven, third round in the FA Cup, it's not exactly the most enticing game that's going to get the players motivated. I know they're sort of playing for a place in the um, Liverpool game on Wednesday, but I think Marcus Hill was pretty much ready to sign his lineup for that. So, yeah, I think, I think the game played a big part. But as I said before, it was... When you do when you do get a, a draw like this, which is your fan, it's quite dull and boring. But uh, from a club perspective, they're like, we'll just get we'll just get the win and progress to the fourth round, and that cup double still on. Mm. It did feel like for a lot of people, just following a bit of the discourse on online after the game, that it was the the final straw, the straw that broke the camel's back, as it were, for uh, Muniz and Vinicius. Elizabeth, are you? I, I just feel like people like. It, you know, we're halfway through the season now. If if you're not if you're not proving your worth against Rotherham, who haven't won a league game in something like twenty three, twenty four games away, like it's, it's 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 not boding well, is it? No, not at all. I've got a little more sympathy for Minas just because I kind of think it, you can see that he's trying, and he'd really like to be good, and maybe that's like not how you should conduct your transfer business. Um, yeah, I, I could do that. <laughs> But I'd like. I, I think. Try. I think I'd like him to stay. Like I think he's a valuable enough asset to be a second or a third choice striker. Vinicius, I'm like at the end of my tether with. Honestly, like when he came on, I wrote in my notes like Vinicius last game question mark. And then when he was 
going into a situation where he was going to be one-on-one with the keeper and he shot from like the middle of the half. I just put like, we can hope that that's going to be his last game in a Fulham shirt because honestly, I'm fed up with him at the moment. Yeah, I think, where do you think he would go? Like what teams are going to pick him up in Jan, do you think? Because he's not exactly... go and score goals in Brazil. Like he would. And he'd he'd score goals, I reckon, in most leagues that aren't in the top five in Europe as well. Like he's not a horrendous footballer and he has proved that he can score goals. But I think Elizabeth's like spot on. And I think the difference between Muniz and Vinicius is that there is still a glimmer of hope with Rodrigo Muniz that through good coaching and proper sort of mentorship, you could maybe get a striker out of him. I think he's got some of the sort of physical traits and he's shown in the past that sometimes his instinct is there where he is someone who could become a good striker. Whereas that ship sailed for Vinicius. Like there's, there's, I don't think there's any way we can build him into the player that we need him to be at his age. Whereas you've got that time with Rodrigo Muniz. Ultimately, I I don't think either are good enough, but there's still a chance with Rodrigo. Mm, Yeah, it certainly wasn't a great performance for me, the striker last night. Dom, was there anyone who really stood out? Who do you think was our man of the match? I don't think we had one. (laughs) Just everyone equally average. I think everyone was just playing sort of six out of ten or five out of ten. Like just what you need to do to get to get through the game. But like no, I don't think I don't I was watching the game, I don't think anyone in particular really stood out. I guess you'd have to give it to Bobby Reed for scoring a goal. But for me, yeah, I th- like even like Ken Aceto didn't look like his normal self. He didn't look his energetic normal self trying to drive, drive forward. You know, I think everyone was everyone, even the players, are looking ahead to Wednesday really and not trying to. And maybe that was that, maybe that, maybe that was the game plan. Still, was don't exert yourselves really at all and just get the job done. And that's what it seemed like because it, it didn't really feel like we were pushing for the second goal. Like, oh, let's let's kill the game off type thing. Like we were getting the ball in in areas, and but it was still. You know, I don't really remember, apart from that header from Tossin from the corner, I don't really remember the goalkeeper having to do too much, to be perfectly frank, for all the possession we had. Yeah. Maybe, I- maybe suggest Harrison Reed. I thought he was, again, I think by the nature of the way that Harrison Reed plays, he's always industrious, so he catches the eye. But as captain on the night, he sat in that midfield. Obviously, we completely ran the game. Him and Lukic paired up quite nicely. Is it a pairing that I'd like to see in a serious game of football? Probably not. But, you know, they, they did well at the base of that midfield and sort of controlled the game. But that was because Rotherham didn't have any interest in having the football at any point in the game. Castagna had quite a good game as well. I thought he looked quite bright. I thought he looked like he cared even a, the littlest bit. But yeah, I agree. It was a pretty drab affair. Yeah. Let's not lose sight of the fact we are in the fourth round draw, though. That's my favourite bit about the FA Cup, to be honest, is the draw. <laughs> like, watching that. Although I have to say, I don't know why they do this, but do you ever find when you're watching the FA Cup draw, the, the build-up before they actually draw the ball, balls is about 15, 20 minutes of the most inane chats you have ever heard. And I don't know, there's not a single football fan in the land that isn't watching the telly being like, get on with it. Just pull the balls out of the bag. Come on. But anyway, just, I want to throw this out to all of you. Who is your dream draw? Come on, let's have it. Dan, who are you going for? What do you want? Anyone 
other than Liverpool or Everton because I cannot be <laughs> asked. We were saying, exactly I can't wait there. to get one of them in the fourth round. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my God. I, like, honestly, if we draw one of them, we may as well club together in Fulhamish and just buy a flat in Liverpool <laughs> and just, just resign ourselves to playing them every single week. Um, no, I mean, I, what I, I, bit, I, would I that be the sixth before. time in 12 months, right? Well, not even 12 months, yeah. like nine months. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So I think I'd, I'd like a, a new ground. I think that's always what you're looking for in, the, in, in cup draws. You know, there's some quite fun looking ones in there when you scroll through. Look at like Sutton, Eastleigh. Eastleigh would be quite you fun. Know, I'm telling you, you don't, want, you don't want to go to Sutton, mate. I'm telling you. That's right now. <laughs> I also that wouldn't mind. I tell you what I would take. QPR. At Loftus Road. I was Road. thinking QPR at Loftus Road. Yeah. They're obviously struggling in the championship. We we do them six. Another derby. Six I love the QPR derby. They're awful. That would be that would be really nice. Uh Dom, who would you like? Uh probably looking at like which teams could like lower down could potentially actually win their ties. I wouldn't mind like a Maidstone or a Chesterfield away. I think that'd be good fun. You know, I think Chester- Chesterfield's ground is actually a decent size, so it wouldn't be an absolute minuscule allocation. Uh, but Maidstone would always be good. I've got family down in Kent, so that, 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 that would always be fun. I think the other non-league team left is it, is it Eastleigh. Um, but yeah, basic, basically, I just want a, a new ground and I'm not really too bothered where it is, but it obviously would, um, I think all the ones in London obviously would be, because I've done AFC Wimbledon, I've done Sutton. Um, but yeah, it's a new ground. You know, if if Moore could manage to get a result over the way at Swansea today, I think that'd be an interesting trip. Blackpool, yes, please. <laughs> That's a long way. Have they put the Blackpool Tower fire out yet? Does anyone know? What, the, what, the little <laughs> bit of orange, uh, <laughs> orange, whatever it was. Like, surely people would realise there's no, there's no smoke. So hilarious. It's, it's only yeah. in Blackpool. Lizzie. <laughs> Lizzie, um, who, who are you after? I'd love it if we drew Cambridge. They have got a tie against Blackburn, um, but that would be my dream draw um, at the Abbey, which is such a fun ground. And one of my best friends also lives in Cambridge, so that would just be like ideal. Um, but also Oxford would be great because then I could walk to the ground. Um, or Gillingham, because uh, one of my other very close friends is a Gillingham fan, and we always, every cup draw, we like hope that Philham get Gillingham so we can go together. So... We will see. Mm. Basically, just not a like a bad a... Premier League team. Not like, I don't know, Bournemouth or someone. West Ham yeah. away. That would oh. be, that's generally the worst draw I think we can get. Oh. <laughs> I City go. away would be pretty, pretty poor. No, no I'd, um, I'd, I'd, I'd be more inclined to go to City because today I'm Manchester. I'm, I, the only, the two, the, two, the two grounds in the Premier League I'm not going to is Molyneux or West Ham's ground. See, I was going to say this because I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind bees either because I reckon... At the moment, Brentford are in such a, a rough spot. But the problem is, if we get Brentford in the hat, there's also the potential that turns into Wolves instead. And that's considerably yeah, worse. Yeah. Like, there's nothing After, exciting I've still, about I've still that. got PTSD from that England nil hungry four game at Molyneux, so I'm not ever going back there. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, uh, what have I got on my notes? QPR, uh, I'd like to go to Plough Lane, um, FC Wimbledon, I think, I think that'd be quite yeah, good. Yeah, that'd fun. be good. Uh, the ground, new ground's good. Cambridge, again, I put that in there. Just, uh, you know, nice day out. Um, or Wrexham. I think Wrexham could be quite fun. Also, I just would like to see how that would be covered on that silly little documentary. Um, them just losing their minds. Like, we've got EPL Fulham. This is the biggest... Yeah, it would just be quite, quite enjoyable to see Fulham in that kind of... It's also going to be the most coverage light. that we'd ever get in a game of football. Yeah. Like, no Fulham game would ever get so much coverage. 
Mm. Yeah, so I think that that could the whole circus around that would be would be quite uh, fun to behold. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. Do you think we'll ever get like an all or nothing FFC? Because I reckon it would be. I reckon it'd be batshit. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be utter chaos. Um, maybe that's why they haven't decided to uh, to go down that route. But we had that. We'll ever get one. We had a little like YouTube docu series when we got promoted that was done by the club, but it was basically run by Niskan Scavano. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was a pretty magical watch, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah they're Fulham uh, all or nothing but directed by Niskins Cabano on his uh, on his directorial debut <laughs> that would be that'd be quite something right I think that'll do for part one don't go anywhere because we've got some of your questions and then we'll take a look to the big clash on Merseyside Welcome back. It's the Fulhamish Podcast. George Cooper here. I'm joined by Don Betts, Dan Cook and Elizabeth Barnard. Thank you to everybody who got in touch with some questions. We're going to start with this one. We've touched upon the Muniz, Vinicius, um, their showings last night, but Fulham Fan News asked, after seeing Muniz and Vinicius fail misery last night, surely a move for Firmino doesn't look like a bad option. So I've seen this rumour bounded about a bit he's obviously having a, a horrible time in Saudi Arabia um somewhat to be expected Dom do you think there's any credence in this rumour and would you welcome it if it came into fruition yeah I I, I, I think I, you know just, just, just the Samba Whites can march on is what, is what we need you know Willian and uh, Firmino linking up but I think it's weird for me though like I feel like it w- it would fit into a, this a, a system we play okay but it's more what would happen with whoever plays in the 10 whether it's a Wobi or Pereira I feel like they might just start occupying similar spaces but with a player of his quality there's no reason why we wouldn't take him and, I, go, and going by what Silver said in his press conference ahead of the Rotherham game it does seem more like we're going to be looking at maybe short-term loan options as opposed to going into the market and spending sort of 30 million pounds on a player. So in in that respect, it would make sense. But um, I think, as I said, we do need someone in that position. If, I mean, you, you wouldn't say no to Firmino. You know the quality he's got. You know what his link-up plays like. But yeah, I think it, it's something I could see happening, but I just don't see how it, how it worked with the wages and FFP and things like that. So is it worth paying, you know, someone six figures a week for him to be there for six months and he might score four goals? But only, the only way I take it is if we sign him in time to play against Liverpool and he scores the winner. Mm, yeah. I mean, like, could you imagine if we had a front line containing both Harry Wilson and Bobby Firmino? That'd be the most prominent Nashers of a front three <laughs> I think I have ever seen. It'd just be... <laughs> too much to uh take on Dan would you would you welcome Bobby Firmino yeah yeah absolutely I I think he he would fit the sort of the slightly new Fulham that we've turned into this season post Mitrovic in terms of you know a little bit more to feet your centre forward dropping in probably even a bit deeper I think Bobby's perfect um but I just don't I, I really don't think we can afford his wages like we've never had anyone on the wages that it would require to get him in. So I don't know how we make that happen. Um, mm. that, that's that's my concern. I, I just think, especially, I think this is the problem with the players that have gone to Saudi Arabia, is that coming back into Europe is difficult to pick them up unless you're a top, top club because it's such a significant pay drop 
if he was to come, you know, obviously if he's coming permanently, even even more so. But so I think that's where it's going to be difficult to pick up players from Saudi Arabia. Like, for example, like Jota, who's having a, a horrid time out there, would be a fantastic addition. But are we going to be able to offer him enough money that he's willing to take that much of a pay decrease? That's my concern as well. So that, I think it's tricky with players coming from Saudi Arabia at the moment. Mm. I think you can tell a lot about the player by the ones who are having a horrible time, you know, playing in front of crowds of 700 people, like what professional footballer with any shred of ambition would want that. And I feel like the true mercenaries are coming. Like Mitro seems to be absolutely loving it. He doesn't get, he doesn't care, does he? He's like, my bank account is fucking loaded. I couldn't, I reckon he could play non-league and if he was getting that money, he just wouldn't, wouldn't bat an eyelid. He but just yeah. wants to score goals. Um, if he's scoring goals, he'll be happy. He'll do it. I, I think he'd probably score goals for free, actually. But <laughs> uh, Lizzie, we've got a question here that I think is tailor-made for you. So Michael B asks, is Marco Silva's greatest achievement as Fulham boss getting eight goals out of Carlos Vinicius? Um, I wouldn't say greatest achievement. I think that's possibly a little bit far. But I do think that <laughs> it was a very impressive achievement, especially last season when Mitrovic was... In suspended for a bit and then suspended for those 10 games um, that, or was it eight games in and around that kind of number that we managed to have a sort of functional front line with Carlos Vinicius in um, yeah that, that is a very impressive achievement considering his it seems complete lack of nous in front of goal um, and yeah Marco Silva's a genius what can I say yeah. He has also Marco right. has also shown time and time again that he's really good at problem solving in terms of you know trying to bring players in who don't necessarily fit the mold having to make those changes and he doesn't quite do them maybe as quick as we would like but we saw it in that spell without Mitro when Vinny came in that towards the end of it Marco had really worked out how to to get him into the team and he's done the same thing this season with Raul like he's He's just by watching and learning, he's he's found out how we need to play. And Marco's been very good at that across his three years here. He does he like it's a hallmark of such a, a fantastic manager that we've got that goes under the radar elsewhere. Like I was listening to uh was it Five Live, I think, after we beat Arsenal. And they were all talking about the fact that no one speaks about how good a manager Marco Silver is because everyone clings on to some of his failings previously at Everton and actually doesn't get enough credit for what he's done with this Fulham side because it is insanely impressive. Mm. I I would argue the most important moment of the last year is him signing that contract. From that moment, you can almost pinpoint the, the sort of turning point of the season where things started to click a little bit. And it was, that is the most, that is the best thing that the Khans have, have done. And I mean, yeah, hats off to them for, for he's, he's a real gem and uh, long may this era continue. And it's like, it's kind of, I don't want to jinx it, obviously, but it's kind of nice. I feel like whenever we get a good manager, there's there's the, the dreaded three-year cycle of Fulham bosses that either you get them for three years, they they reach the the bit where it's all starting to get exciting and then they get poached by a a different, um, bigger club. But, you know, hopefully penning his yeah, future. Yeah, I think, I think Moy is looking like signing that new deal at West Ham is... A good thing because he's he, he he it's that's the sort of level he'd be you see him moving on to a team who's sort of pushing for Europe every season. So, but yes, yeah, silver. I mean, for me in in my lifetime, he's 
best after Hodgson. And if he, if he won the League Cup, you'd have to argue maybe he'd even go he'd even go above that, just, just winning our first ever major trophy. And if we did well in Europe next season, who, who knows? But yeah, I think Silver. When we appointed Silver, a lot of, a lot of people. I thought it was a good appointment. A lot of people were um, sort of saying, oh, I don't know, it's good. You know, we've seen what we've done in, pre- in previous times. But you've got to remember, like, he's the last ever, when he was Everton manager in his first full season, they finished eighth. And, and look, what they're finally, they're finally starting to look like an actual football team again. So he, went, he finished mm. higher than Ancelotti did in both his seasons. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah I, Marco Silva, as, as the chant goes, he, he is a genius and he's done so well with his Fulham side. But I've, what I'm liking is he's kind of, done so well but keeping us slightly under the radar that no one's yeah. quite talking about us I thought it was so telling like last season when the manager of the month manager of the year nominations came out and Silva was on there having taken Fulham to 10th and everyone was like where the hell is Gary O'Neill who had taken Bournemouth to I think 15th like it was so telling this kind of under the radar way that Marco Silva operates like people didn't really think he deserved to be there. They would have put Gary O'Neill on there. Like, yeah, it's he is a genius, and I'm so glad because everyone had everyone had conveniently forgotten that they'd all predicted us to get relegated last season. Yeah, because we were just so brilliant all season. They were like, oh yeah, Fulham finished tenth because they're really good. They were like, we were, not, we were basically not six months before you said we were shit and finishing for the bottom. entirety of the season, though, weren't we? Because we we started fairly well. Yeah, which yeah. we'd never do in in a prep. We we should never done even when we were like finishing the top half on that Hodson, Hughes, Yole, whatever. Like, even then, we'd always start the season terribly, whereas we just started the season solidly. I think, yeah, we pretty much never really left either the top 10 or top, top, top end of mid-table in the second half of the table. So, yeah, I think that that was a point in last season because we were always there. People didn't really say, but yeah, the job that Marcus Hill has done is, yeah, absolutely remarkable. And yeah, for me, he's, after Hodson, the best manager I've seen at Fulham in my lifetime. Got a question here for you, Dan. Peter Murphy asks, with Bassi off to AFCON and Ream injured, should we be looking for a loan for a centre-back in January? What do you reckon? Or do we have enough with the I, future I, role? I and- think we're okay. I think we're okay. And I, you you want to be like, ultimately, do we need like an, another player in the mould of like Shane Duffy? And pro- probably not. I think Ream's on his way back now. I can't imagine it'll be too many more games without him. Especially because we get that winter break, which is one weekend where we don't play football. Um, I think that that means we should be all right with with Tossin and, and Diop together, Ream coming back into the fold. I do see the the, the worry though, because obviously if if Tossin pulls up or Issa pulls up against Liverpool, then De Fugaroles is is next on the list to come in. But I think you need to, we need to focus our acquisitions in January on play positions where we're genuinely lacking when we've got everyone because it is only a month and actually you think more long term towards not just the end of this season but next season as well where the holes are in the squad and obviously that's you know one of those positions is up top uh there's probably an argument to say that we need another winger I think for centre-back at the moment I'd hold fire on that I was going to say, if we signed a um, centre-back, they probably wouldn't be playing until after the Chelsea game. So by that point, Bassey's probably coming back quite soon anyway. And Ream's probably fit again soon anyway. So Valid point. Valid point indeed. Luke Laley asks, Dom, I'm going to chuck this one to you, turning our attention now to the Liverpool match. How hard are we praying for an Arsenal-Liverpool draw? Adds an extra fixture into presumably the week leading up to Bournemouth versus Liverpool. So 
that would be nice, wouldn't it? Just a just a chaotic three all or something like that, where they all are flagging and a few injuries on either side. That's that's the best case scenario for us, isn't it, Dom? Yeah, best case scenario is, is uh, an all action, as you say, three three or four four draw between 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 the two sides. It's interesting. I'm interested to see actually what lineups both teams put out because you know I I, I think it's a competition that both teams. We'll be we'll be looking at. I know they're both going for the title, and Liverpool are still in Europa League and League Cup. But you know the FA Cup. You know I think I think Arteta kind of need, needs a trophy as well this season, um, just because of how the season's gone, especially in the last couple of weeks. Um, so hopefully, yes, yeah, an all-action tie. I don't think Liverpool really got the squad depth to make wholesale changes, considering the injuries they've got, um, especially in defensive areas. So hopefully, yeah, Arsenal Arsenal want to bounce back, tear them wear them out, but not wear them out enough to actually win the game and get a draw to take them to a replay, which would, be, would basically scupper their winter break, essentially. Because my, my worst nightmare was Rotherham were going to equalise and we'd be going, to, we'd have to go to Rotherham away during our winter break. Yeah. I go up to the, the New York City Stadium, which I think is the funniest, funniest name stadium in, in the country. And obviously there's that famous Artsy Monkeys lyric from the tune Fake Tales of San Francisco where he goes, yeah, I'd love to tell you all my problem. You're not from New York City or from Rotherham, which it's just, I, I don't know whether that was planned, how that came about, but it's just, it's just amazing. Have you been to the New York City Stadium, Dom? Yeah, uh, I remember the first time I went was our first season down 3-3. I think Dan Burns scored a late equaliser. Uh, there was the Sonia Luco one. And I feel like there's, I feel like there's one more I'm missing. I want to, I don't know. I feel like McCormack or Dembele scored really early on. Um, I think those are the yeah, those are the three times we've been there. I think. Yeah, I, I went to the one that we won one nil. Must have been twenty. I want to say. Yeah, 20, that would have been, yeah, that was Sonia Luca one. I think we were playing in that bright yellow kit. Um, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, there was yeah there was one that yeah McCormack scored very early on. I can't. We either drew that two two or maybe one two one. I can't remember. But the three three is the one I remember because it was like first season down. We've gone from being in the Premier League thirteen years to going to Rotherham on a Tuesday night. Yeah, it's a real reality check, isn't it? Um, but I mean, fun era of supporting Fulham. I've got a lot of good memories from away days around that time. Um, anyway, so Sammy previewed the Liverpool game uh, quite extensively on the Thursday Club. So if you do want to hear Sammy, Drew and Peter's take on that, do just uh, listen back to that episode. Um, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, Dan, but I'm I'm feeling a lot more positive now looking at, at to this fixture compared to when the draw happens. They've obviously got no Salah. Um, we have more recovery time. You know, we beat Rotherham without breaking a sweat. Uh, all of the things that we've already mentioned. Um, what, how are you feeling? Like, I, I think the general consensus is we we go there and just cling on with the intention of still being in the tie when for the for the second leg um obviously Sabozlai has picked up an injury in in that time which is huge for them he's obviously an incredibly influential player another thing going in our favor um again do we just we're just clinging on surely that's that that's the game plan yeah i i think not just no salah but no wataru endo which i think is is really useful for us as well because Liverpool losing a little bit of his solidity in midfield gives us a chance to expose that on the counter-attack. And actually, I mean, one of the things that Liverpool are crying out for is a player like Joao Polina and Endo was the closest they've got to that and still not quite the solution. 
So I think they lose a little bit of solidity there. And I, I imagine that's what Marco's going to look to expose, especially in the in the first leg when you're away from home. We will ultimately try and sit in and, and break on them. As you say, it, 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 could, it, it could definitely be a lot worse. The conditions going into this game could be a whole lot worse than they are. And we've probably got it at the best time we could. I do wonder if Bassi and Awobi are a bigger miss for us then it is a positive that they're missing Salah and Endo. I think that's probably, that is unfortunate for us. They are such key players and you, you look at Liverpool and yes, no, Salah is massive, but then the other players they've got around it are also exceptional footballers. So that's tricky, but I, I, I we couldn't ask for better conditions and that's all we can do. We've got a, a squad that has now beaten a top six side last week which is another massive hurdle that we finally got over. We got so close. And honestly, I mean, if we could replicate our league result there, 4-3, yes, absolutely, take it. You know, if we if we get this within a goal coming to the second leg, then we will fly at them. And and I've got a real belief that we could possibly get something. Uh, and I trust in Marco. I think, I, you know, we've got a good chance. We do have a good chance. I'm really nervous. Um, I, I look at all the positives for us and then I look at all the positives for them, which are like their fabulous team and great manager. Um, and I'm really, really stressed. I just, I really just hope tomorrow there's an absolutely insane set of circumstances at the Emirates and they're exhausted and we managed to keep it tight at Anfield. To be fair, the last two times we've gone to Anfield, we've only lost by one goal. But we could also go to Anfield and be done 3-0 and the tie basically be over before it comes back to the cottage. So, yeah, I'm just really stressed and just trying to like light all my candles and say all my prayers and ask for some divine intervention on this one. Is there is there an argument that this means more to us than it does to them? Oh, 100% it does. Like... For us, a Carabao Cup semi-final, this is the biggest game we've had in years. For them, a Carabao Cup semi-final happens like pretty regularly, doesn't it? Yeah, and and, and that is our, like that is not their goal this season. And mm. I'm not saying that it means that you know that you've got some Liverpool players shirking out of fifty fifties because they want to stay fit, but then they're not going to be throwing everything at us in the same way that they did in the league because the league is their ultimate goal. That's what they're they're eyeing up. And whilst every opportunity to win a trophy is taken by all teams and, and you know, Klopp will want to win the League Cup because they're in the semi-finals, you give them a choice, it's the league, not the League Cup. Uh, and th- I think that's something we, we can play on as well, potentially, if we just, we, this is what we are resting the rest of our season on. So we're just going to lob everything at this. And maybe the same won't be true of Liverpool. Uh, I think we can cling on to a bit of hope there as well. Yeah. What are your plans heading to Liverpool, Dom? Are you, uh, are you going to the match? Yeah, I've, I've basically got the exact same plans as Everton. Like, <laughs> Rinse and it's, repeat. Just, it's just a day later. It's the same train up, the same hotel, or the same train back, and I'll probably end up in the same pubs. <laughs> Do you want to name check them? Rinse and repeat. Go going going to the same pub in Liverpool for the game. Ended up in Einstein's or two in the morning after, and then being hungover going into a half day at work the day after. I think that's you, what the plan probably is going to be. You know, work to Evan. So so we'll do it again. 
I mean, like I expect with the Liverpool match, we'll see, you know, uh, Jimenez back in the frame. Yeah, I think it'll be, this, you expect to be basically the team that played against Arsenal, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, biggest match for Fulham fans for the club in a long, long time. It's incredibly exciting and incredibly nerve wracking in equal measure. But yeah, we are be um, on back on the podcast with Sammy after the match, uh, either celebrating or commiserating. We'll wait and see. But yeah, huge game. Very excited for that one. I think that's about all we've got time for today, Lizzie. What was your favourite three-word review? What are we going for? I'm going to have to give it to our very own Cam Ramsey with Rotherham didn't bother him. Yeah, it was good. That very one, good. It? No complaints whatsoever. And so, you can hear it in Cam Ramsey's voice as well. Like I can just hear Cam saying that, which makes it even better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the FA Cup fourth round draw is on Monday at 10 to 8. So all keep your eyes open for that. Yeah, in the meantime, have a fantastic uh, week and, yeah, come on you eyes. You words. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs>